We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmala Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to talk about something exciting that by now many of you have heard because I've opened this up to all of you. As many of you know, besides from my own business experience, I have an MBA in marketing. And in addition to Carmela Cosmetics, where over 300,000 women have enjoyed our products over the past three years, my other passion is as a breakthrough business and image consultant. What I do is I work from a holistic perspective with female entrepreneurs and help guide you to up-level your marketing and business through different strategies, including actualizing your ideal self-image, which is so important in this day and age of social media marketing and personal branding. And we delve into your personality type to discover strategies that align with you and lead to increased visibility and profits for your business. It's so exciting for me when I see my clients experiencing breakthroughs and clarity. And this is what my passion for business and marketing is really all about. I want you to attract the right clients or customers you've always dreamed of with strategies that actually align with you. And you're not just implementing these strategies because you've been told to or you see others doing them. Marketing is constantly evolving and I want you to feel comfortable with the processes that you're using and realize that one size does not fit all, which is why I utilize your personality type when we plan your strategies. I'm a huge fan of the Enneagram personality system and I see how much it's helped myself and my clients. So this is one of the techniques that I utilize to help you on the road to success. As I mentioned, we also talk about your image and personal branding, and I help you become more visible and show prospective clients the value you'll be giving them with your product or service and therefore gain the success and profits you've been hoping for. You can message me on Instagram or email me at nechami at carmelacosmetics.com for a free 20-minute strategy session. That's N-E-C-H-A-M-I and Carmela Cosmetics with Carmela with a K to see if you're a good fit for my program. I would love to speak with you. Now let's move on to today's podcast episode. Tonight's interview is with my amazing friend, Alyssa Goldwater, who is the mom blogger behind a glass of goldwater.com. And over the past few years has built up a following of close to 60,000 people on Instagram. Alyssa joined me today to share her story and talk about the messages she works to convey every day on her platform. Alyssa shared her journey of working through mental health challenges and spoke about the importance of breaking the stigma of mental health as well as the importance of feeling understood and knowing you're not alone in whatever challenges you're working through. She shared her social media boundaries, especially now as her kids grow older, and why she chose to share about her son's recent diabetes diagnosis. Alyssa spoke about losing her mother at a young age, how family always comes first, and the pros and cons of being a public figure. 
We seriously packed so much into this episode and I can't wait for you to hear Alyssa's story and some behind the scenes of her struggles and victories. I was born in Kentucky actually, so I'm a Southern girl at heart. And I went to Indiana University for college and um, and I became um, more a more observant Jew in college. And then I moved to Israel, then I moved to New York. Now I live in Chicago with my husband and two kids. That was the short version of my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know that you're from Kentucky. I am from Kentucky. That's why I care so much about my garden because I like love the land and I wish my husband would let me like have a farm but (laughs) that's so funny yeah and now now things are starting to make more sense (laughs) (laughs) like why I'm yelling at my birds out the window yeah Uh, um you're also very into you know what's the word for it like the like the aesthetics I guess of your surroundings and the outdoors yeah my landscaping um I'm very into it. I definitely have one of the prettiest backyards in our area because I care. It's half, our backyard is half the reason we bought our house because I care. And most people around here don't care, but I care. Right. <laughs> okay. So let's get into, okay. So when did you start getting into the blogging world? And it's funny because when we say, when I, when I'm when I say blogging, I mean like an actual blogger on the computer, like yeah. not just Instagram and yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the new age of blogging. Yeah. So when I was becoming religious in college, I started a blog called um, From Girl, like play on <laughs> Gossip Girl. Um, I used to end every post XOXO From Girl. Um, for those of you who don't know, From is a word, F-R-U-M, that um, is it Yiddish? think so I mean I'm not I think so I think so it's not not a derogatory word at all but we use it to describe other religious Jews so I made that blog and I blogged like all my Israel journey on the computer this was like before Instagram um and then I sort of kept up with it and then when and then I took a break and then when I had my first baby um I had really bad postpartum depression and um, was sort of just looking for an outlet and I love to write. And so I just started recording my experiences. Um, I have Irish twins, so I had a baby. Then I had another baby. So then I had two babies and was really recording, like, you know, just taking record of our lives, how things were going um, and, then brands sort of started reaching out casually and more people started following me because I keep it very real um, and my kids are cute, which helps. <laughs> um, so over the last five years, I guess, it's sort of grown um, from just, you know, your typical mommy blog into, you know, I talk about a wide variety of different topics that you know, are a part of my life. So I talk a lot about mental health. I struggle with anxiety, a little bit of depression. Um, And I talk about my journey with that a lot. And, you know, mental health totally changes when you have kids. 
um, and there's a stigma um, in a lot of communities to not talk about it. And fortunately, that stigma is starting to be broken. Um, but I try and do my part to to help break that. And I think people really appreciate it. I've helped, you know, give the push for a lot of people to go to therapy. Um, and that's how I know that I'm doing my job. You know, that's like one of my purposes. Um, and I just sort of talk about, you know, what it's like to be a mom. It's okay to hate your kids one day. And like, we all know that we're still good moms and we love our kids, even though we want to choke them. Um, <laughs> please nobody calls social services I love my, I love my children but really you know I just keep it very real people appreciate that um and it's fun it is still a creative outlet for me even though now I make money from it I'm just very fortunate to be able to do something like that for my job for sure you know it's funny because I think that one of my and I'm not a mom yet but I I love your mom posts they're like I actually really enjoy following you even though a lot of your post and your content is about mom life because you're just so funny and that th this one post that stands out in my head Alyssa is when like I think you posted it last year with you were holding a pan and your kid was looking like <laughs> it was really like she's about to oh, do and something I was like gonna hit him over the head with the yeah. pan yeah and yeah and then you wrote a caption I will not hit her with, hit her with this pan I will not hit her with this pan. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious um and I I love how real you are and relatable that people you know, could feel like they, they're not alone in whatever they're struggling with. Right. That's the whole purpose. You know, like when my kids were, but when I had two babies, it was like, I was doing it. So, you know, if Alyssa can do it, I for sure can do it. Or if I think I'm crazy, Alyssa's crazier. You know, I just want people to feel okay with themselves because another reason I started it was because I felt like I was struggling alone in silence, but when I finally, you know, started talking to friends who had kids around the same age, I realized that we all sort of had the same feelings, but we had been stuck at home not talking about it. And this was pre-COVID, so, you know, we didn't have to be stuck at home, um, but nobody was talking about it. So I was like, I think there's a need um, to talk about this stuff. And clearly I was right. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was it hard for you to come out and talk about the struggles with mental health, with your mental health? You know, not really. Thank God. Nothing, you know, you know, I've never been hospitalized. Um, I think it would probably be a lot harder if I had ever, you know, um, done anything to try and harm myself. So I think if something really bad would have happened to me, it would have been harder, but I just think it's so important that, that no, it's not hard for me. Um, you know, I've been going to therapy since I was nine. I lost my mother when I was nine and that was not all, you know, I didn't want to go to therapy then. Obviously now I want to go to therapy. I think it's great. And I think everybody should go to therapy. Um, even if you think you don't have problems. Um, and I just think it's so important and I'm happy to 
fill the need for somebody to speak out about it. So, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're very brave because a lot of people would feel vulnerable and that they're exposing themselves to thousands, because you are, you're exposing yourself to thousands of people. You know, I hear that a lot. People say, you know, you're so brave. I don't know how you do it, but I'll tell you, it comes with the territory. You don't have my job and, you know, be shy. Like they just don't go together. I've been doing this for five years. I'm very open. I'm very authentic. And this is a way that I can help, you know, for sure. Not everybody is going to feel comfortable doing that, but you're not also, you're not like a public figure on the internet. That's just sort of, I've fallen into that position. So I don't need to sell people Amazon products all day. Like, let me do some good while I'm here. You know, not everybody's meant to be a public speaker. Not everybody's meant to be, you know, Brene Brown. Um, I'm not either, by the way, (laughs) but, you know, I'm able to speak openly about things. So I'm going to talk about this and okay, it's brave, but I also, before I post anything, I keep in mind, I always have my, I always think ahead. How is this going to affect my children? How is this going to affect our family? You know, You know, we live in a community where people are very tight knit and close. And am I, am I going to, you know, want other people to know about it because inevitably they will. And even though my husband doesn't have social media and doesn't really love social media, which is a whole other conversation. um, But, you know, his friends at synagogue are going to say something about what I've posted. Um, So it affects him too. And, you know, in regards to the mental health, okay, my kids are only four and five, but they're going to get married one day. And I don't think it's unreasonable for a mother to think, you know, if I post about my mental health now, will somebody have a problem marrying my children because their mother-in-law, you know, struggles with anxiety and depression. And guess what? If somebody doesn't want to marry my children because of that, I don't want them marrying my children anyway. Um, That's just how it goes. You know, I want my children to be open-minded. I want them to know that feelings are okay. I want them to feel their feelings because I don't want them to end up like me where it is very hard to feel your feelings and that causes a whole lot of other problems. Um, And it hasn't been a problem so far. And again, like if somebody doesn't wanna be a part of it, then I don't really wanna be a part of them. Um, That's just sort of how, that's just sort of how I see it. I don't even remember what question I was answering, but um, I think that was a thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. That was good. No, I asked you about um, sharing your mental health. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that was great. So by the way, how does, because it's funny because opposites attract, we we know that. So if you're so open out there, so your husband, you mentioned, might not be. Very private. He's very, very private. So I didn't like when my son was diagnosed with type one diabetes in January of this year, 2021, 
my um, husband has had type one diabetes since he was 10. He's an old man now. Um, <laughs> um, he And my husband was having a very hard time sharing that Ozzy, my son, got type one diabetes. We were in the hospital. People were very concerned. They knew something was going on. And it's a huge part of my everyday life now. Like I literally function as his pancreas 24 seven. And there's just no, there was no way to continue doing what I do and not share that. Also, I believe that I was given this platform to try and do good in the world. And now I'm able to spread awareness about type one diabetes and, um, you know, raise money, work with organizations, help to work to find a cure for type one diabetes. Um, so that's just one example of something that was hard. I never, I would never post something if my husband said, you know, don't post this. And when it comes to our kids, th that was a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, you know, that's a conversation that we have to have together to decide how we're going to present it to the public because it's not just people that we don't know that are online, you know, it's our families, it's our friends, it's people in our community. Um, so I actually didn't openly share about what was going on for about three weeks um, after he got it or after he was diagnosed. And I'll tell you, those three weeks were very hard for me because sharing is one of my ways that I cope with things. And um, it's very cathartic and therapeutic for me. Um, and not being able to share was just really uncomfortable. I was pretty quiet um, online during those three weeks and I just felt very down. In general, I was definitely going through something. It's hard when your child is diagnosed with a chronic illness and you can't do anything and you know that they're gonna have to deal with something for the rest of, your li for the rest of their lives. Um, but not being able to share was very hard for me, but at the same time, well, and at the same time, um, my family comes first always. Um, and we really had to work through how it was going to be okay to present it to the public. And thank God we were good now. And, you know, type one diabetes is not the entire face of my platform, but I'm proud that I'm able to have you know, a part of it and share sort of what that life as a type one, a mom of a type one diabetic looks like. And also I, my kids are getting older. So I ask them now if they say, don't post this, or I don't want to be in a picture right now, then I respect that, you know, they're not babies anymore. Um, right. For sure. And that'll continue to change as they get older too, I think. Yeah, like they, they might really want to be a part of your page when they become teenagers, you know? Or they might not, and that's right. okay too. True. Um, and you rarely see my husband. Right. He's never on stories. Um, and occasionally I'll post like a family photo, but that's it. He is, we're a family of four, but Instagram is really like a family of three. Um, <laughs> he really just prefers to not be a part of it. And that's okay. It's not for everybody. So. Right. And I have to respect that. So, you know, you're not going to see the four of us waltzing around Disney World, like la la la, the perfect family, because my husband just doesn't want that. And that's okay with me. So. Right, right. Yeah. 
So what made you decide to share at the end of those three weeks about Ozzy, your son's diagnosis? Well, I had to. It just like, there wasn't a choice really at that point. And, you know, we actually did consult our rabbi. Um, again, thinking very long-term, if someone doesn't want to marry my son because he has type one diabetes, good riddance. I don't want, you know, I married my husband. He has type one diabetes. You know, if somebody doesn't want him because of this flaw, I'm making quotations with my fingers, he has, then I don't want them as a part of my family anyway. And, um, you know, our, our rabbi helped, um, you know, he's the spiritual leader for us and he helped both my husband and I figure out a way to navigate it and feel good about it. But at the end of the day, we both agreed that as someone in my position who shares lots of their, like I share a lot of my life. Um, and if you've been around since January on my page, you know that this is very largely taken over my life. Um, it would just be impossible to maintain that authenticity and not share what's going on. Um, so right. that sort of, that's sort of how that happened. Right. No, that makes total sense because it's, it's literally a part of your everyday life, as you said. Yeah. I remember speaking with you during those three weeks and you're like, you mentioned what was going on. And at the same time, your page was very quiet. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, like, right, what is she supposed to do? She's dealing with this all day. Like, like she's a blogger. She posts about her life. Like what, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that was, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I would, and I think a lot of people would love to hear because now that we're talking about, you know, um, being in the public eye and, and posting personal things and being authentic, what are some pros and cons of, of being in, in the public eye? It's a great question. I mean, pros, people make you feel good about yourself. Cons, people make you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> People do not know how to speak on the internet and you've got to get a really thick skin because people say stupid things to you sometimes, like really, really stupid, inconsiderate things. They ask you if you're pregnant, they, you know, they tell me how I should be curing my son's type one diabetes with natural um, herbs and remedies, by the way, there is no cure for type one diabetes. Um, so no, we're not going to eat your herbs. Um, you know, people, I don't get political. Um, I do that on purpose because I just don't want to deal with it. Um, I have political views that are very, that are just separate from that. So I avoid that. While I think a lot of other people um, are more political on their pages, but I like being able to help people, um, make people feel supported. I see it as, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, I think people want to get that level of connection through the internet that, you know, people 
years ago used to get from having relationships in person. And while I obviously think that it is very important to have in-person real um, relationships and friendships with people, I think at the same time, I have to meet people where they are. And that is the internet and it's social media. That's where people are. And if I can meet them there and help them get even that little bit of connection that they aren't getting in person so that they can have more fulfilled lives, I think that's very important. And there's ways to go about doing it that are appropriate or not, you know, um, and I think I do a pretty good job of it. Um, cons, not everybody approves of social media, especially in the Orthodox Jewish world. Um, and while again, I take everything I post, um, you know, my modesty, how I dress, what comes out of my mouth, um, I'm authentic, but I also think of the repercussions, but sometimes people just are not going to approve. And we've really only had one issue um, with that. It was a big issue, um, but it all worked out for the best in the end. And you, you end up where you're supposed to be no matter what. There are very close-minded people in this world and Sometimes they look down upon what I do, but I don't want to raise my children to be closed-minded people. You know, we have, fam both my husband and I chose to be Orthodox. Um, both of our families choose to not be Orthodox. And I never want my children to think less of them because they don't make the same religious and lifestyle decisions that we do. Um, so, for me, I think as long as I am following, you know, the rules of the Torah and I'm presenting myself in a modest way that is in, in line with my values, I think that's all pro, even though there are some people who will still see it as a con, but I don't care to be associated with those closed-minded people anyway, so it's fine. Right. have a nice day, you know? Yeah. I'm doing good things and I don't need, there are almost no cons. I really, really love what I do. I think I'm helping people and, you know, the only con other than what I've already talked about is having to, you know, walk that line and decide how much to share, um, because I do want to be authentic, but obviously I don't share the, I don't share about my marriage. That's not a con, but you know, there are things that I choose to not share. Um, and that's it. How do you decide on your, on what to share and what not to share? Like, I guess that that kind of goes under the umbrella of like social media boundaries. You sort of have to like make guidelines for yourself at the beginning and stick to them. Um, you know, my daughter's growing up, we follow, um, you know, the Jewish laws of dressing modestly, and I won't post her in a bathing suit anymore. Um, and I decided that I wouldn't do that 
when she was a baby. I'm like, you know, there's going to be, because she was so cute in a bathing suit when she was a baby, but she's growing up and we dress modestly. So I'm not going to post that anymore. You know, you have to decide what your level of comfort is and stick to them. If you gray the lines and make them not black and white anymore, then you're walking a slippery slope. Um, you really just have to stick with your boundaries. And as things come up, it's a discussion, um, you know, with your family and with the people who posting information about their personal lives could affect. So, yeah. Right. Right. You know, it's interesting. Do you ever feel like people feel a false sense of closeness to you because they see so much of your life, they almost feel like they know you? Okay. People message me a lot and I get messages a lot. Like, I feel like we're best friends. I feel like I know you, but not in a weird way, or maybe I'm just used to it. <laughs> um, also, I have friends in real life who like, you know, we're not necessarily in touch all the time. So I have no idea what's going on with them, but they know everything that's going on with me. So they feel like we're connected. So maybe, you know, they're not reaching out to me as much because they feel like, you know, they know what's going on already and that we don't need to speak, but like, we're not really close because I have no idea what's going on with them, you know? Um, they're like, but I watched you all of COVID. And I'm like, well, I didn't watch you all of COVID. So like, how are you doing? <laughs> I had that happen last weekend. Um, I like ran into a friend and she's like about to have a baby. And I had no idea she was pregnant. And she's like, but I see you all the time. And I'm like, well, I clearly don't see you all the time. So Bishatova. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I do think that I don't think in like a dangerous or a bad way, but people feel like they know me. Um, the one thing that bothers me a little bit is that people feel like they know my kids, too. Um, so, like, even sometimes in carpool line, like random moms that they don't know, will be like, oh, it's Miri and Ozzy. Um, and I don't really like that. Also, my kids, they're not unfriendly, but they're like normally cautious around people they don't know. So they're not, they don't act like they do on Instagram when someone they have no idea who they are talks to them in person. Wait, they're like wait. a little bit it like comes off a little bit as rude actually <laughs> we're trying to work on being like a little bit like friendly but maintaining our boundaries you know like saying right. Shabbos back to someone or like saying hello instead of making a face and looking the other direction which is what they tend to do um I used to be very embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> they would do that, but I don't care anymore. You know, honestly, like stranger danger is a real thing. And I'm not upset that my kids aren't like running into the arms of every stranger that they see. Um, and so, yes, to answer your question, people feel like they know us and it's good for business. It's good because 
they feel that connection and trust. So like I can help them, you know, they're more open to me. Um, but it can be weird sometimes, but when I'm in person, I have very clear boundaries. Um, for me, for my children, I'm a very vigilant lady. Um, and I just keep my kids with me at all times. You know, I'm not worried that anybody's going to do anything to, you know, God forbid, harm our family. Um, and it's, you know, that's one of the reasons why I don't post things politically. I don't post things that, you know, would make someone want to throw eggshells at my house because people are crazy. It's true. People are really crazy and you've got to be very careful about what you say. And again, my family comes first. So keep your mouth shut. Right. Sometimes on certain things. Right. It's interesting because now that you mention it with this whole new age of social media, it's kind of dangerous for kids in regards to people knowing their name. Yeah. So I do a good, I mean, I, yes, they know a lot of actually big bloggers won't post their kids' names and they'll just do like their first initials. Um, I chose not to do that. Um, and you can't really go back on it. Right. Um, I didn't, you know, when I chose to share their names, I didn't have 55,000 followers. Um, I didn't really expect it to, it was a side thing at the time. I didn't expect it to grow like it did. If I was doing it now, because even people and social media has changed greatly in the last five years. Um, I might not share their names um, and just do their initials, but I think I do a pretty good job of, you know, I don't share a location while we're there. I share it, I try and share it after. Um, I never share my address. I never share my license plate. Um, you know, it's hard when you live in a tight knit community, people just, people know where I live, um, either because of social media or not because of social media, they know where I live. Um, but I'm comfortable with our community and I've never had an issue with a complete stranger in a very weird place doing something weird. Um, you know, I have a large Orthodox Jewish following and supposedly all Orthodox Jews have values that they're supposed to hold by. Um, and I try and foster a really nice community on Instagram. So I really in person have never had to deal with something negative. Um, I've gotten nasty messages before they're rare. Um, but I have gotten nasty messages before, but in person people are generally very, very nice um, and just want to be a part of the community, you know? So I'm very lucky to do that, I think. Not every blogger is as fortunate as I am with the community that they build online. Right. I think it also reflects like who you are as a person because you don't come on and start speaking about like controversial topics and politics and you don't get into people like you don't provoke people. You know what I'm saying? That's just, you know, it's by choice. The only thing that's 
political, even though I don't think it should be, that I speak very openly about our vaccinations. And I'm very pro-vaccinating, um, not just the COVID vaccine, but um, you know, maintaining your children's vaccinations. That's the only thing I talk about. And honestly, I've never gotten any flack for it. And if an anti-vaxxer wants to talk to me, I just, I block them because it makes me so angry inside that I can't, um, I often when people are like and so anti or so pro something, they don't want to hear the other side. They're just sort of like coming at you to get something off their chest. And I just don't want to read anything about it because, okay, maybe I, maybe I can't hear it or I don't want to hear it. But when it comes to vaccinating your children, I don't care that I can't hear it. I know I'm very strong about that. Um, so I post our flu shots. I post when we get vaccinated. Actually, I made getting shots very, very normal early on in my kids' lives. So shots are so not a big deal for them. And thank God, because now with diabetes, we've got needles off the wazoo in our house and we just make it cool. Um, and actually that was one good parenting move that I'm very proud of myself for. Um, needles are fine. They do not hurt. You get a popsicle after the end. Yay. <laughs> and you're not going to get the flu or the measles. Isn't that amazing? Right. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it's true. Actually, yeah, I, I loved how Ozzy was so proud to show everyone on Instagram, like his, what, what's it called? Like the So he has a CGM, oh, a continuous right. glucose monitor that monitors his blood sugar all day, every day. And it tells us um, his number, which is a lifesaver because we don't have to poke his finger all the time, mm -hmm. which is typically what people think of with diabetes. Um, and then he has an insulin pump that is also in his arm. Well, in his arm or his legs, we rotate the spots. So when they're both on his arms, he's got like his two wings and um, we made type one diabetes cool in our family. My daughter's a little bit jealous. I said, <laughs> I said, no, no, it's just for the boys in our family. The girls don't have diabetes. We're very cool also, but <gasps> insulin gives you superpowers and we've got really cool stickers and I got really cool swag. Um, I went crazy on Etsy the night he was diagnosed and I like bought all these really cool diabetes things. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's definitely, and people tell me this a lot and I just say thank you because there's no, I don't need to be modest about it. I'm very proud of myself and my husband for turning what could be a really devastating situation into something Right away, even when we were still in the emergency room and hadn't been admitted to the hospital yet, we made it cool. Um, we said, you're gonna get special powers, you're gonna be a superhero. And now at school, his friends think he's very cool. He has a phone, like he has an iPhone that we never planned on giving our children ever iPhones. <laughs> but he has an old iPhone that we, it's like the controller for his CGM and for his insulin. So his friends think he's very cool. And, you know, he handles it like a champ. It's 
part definitely because of who he is. He's just such a strong, resilient boy um, who has matured so much. Um, and it's part because of the atmosphere we made about it. And I am grateful that we did that. Um, that was a good call. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I'm sure every mom looking, watching, you know, this story play out was thinking that because I mean, I was for sure. I mean, I, I texted you that I think even, right. I remember telling you because I, I was so impressed the way that you were Thank handling you. it. Yeah. yeah. By the way, do you have advice for other moms of children with diabetes? That's a great question. I'm actually in the process of writing a blog post about this because I've actually had a lot of um, newly diagnosed moms reach out to me lately. Um, and I say the following to them. First of all, it will get easier. It is hard in the beginning, hard. Um, you don't have all the technology that makes it easier. So you're giving real shots all day, you're poking fingers, you're scared when the blood sugar goes high or low, and you just have to know that it will level out. I mean, we're three months in now. I know, doesn't it feel like it's been a much longer time than three yeah, months? Yeah, it really does. I need a vacation. <laughs> very badly. I said my dream is to go on a remote island where I cannot function as my son's pancreas for like a whole week, but I need to know that he's completely taken care of because that weighs on my mind a lot. Um, but get the technology, get the Dexcom, which is the CGM, get a pump as soon as you can. Um, and know that once you get those things, your life is going to be so much easier. And also, you know, just make it cool. Um, don't worry so much about the fluctuating numbers. Um, be calm, try and get some sleep. And, you know, that's what I say. I'm going to have a more comprehensive post soon. Um, but people ask me that a lot. And I'm glad that I can be a support to newly diagnosed moms because I know that there were people who were very supportive of me um, now and when Ozzy was just diagnosed. And like that, that information is invaluable. There are also Facebook groups. My favorite group is Moms of Type 1 Diabetics. That's what it's called on Facebook. Join the group. Um, they know a lot. There's also a podcast called the Juice Box Podcast. And they give a lot of really good information. Um, so those are actually my two main resources, um, you know, aside from our doctor, obviously. Right, right. So. Oh, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay, before you mentioned how you had to work on feeling your feelings, so I'm wondering, did that have anything to do with losing your mother? Was that part of the I guess, evolution of, of, of what happened? That's a great question. I'm still working on it. I think feeling your feelings is a lifelong journey. Um, I actually just did a live. Well, I've been going to an IOP therapy program, intensive outpatient therapy program for a couple of months now, actually this coming Monday is my last day. I'm graduating, oh, yay. Um, but where you feel a lot of feelings. Um, but yeah, I think for a really long time, 
Um, I didn't want to deal with the feelings, which is obviously, you know, abandonment, loneliness, sadness, anger. Um, and it was just so uncomfortable for me to feel those feelings. And also I have, I'm a big empath. Um, so I don't like to make other people feel uncomfortable. I don't like to see other people have feelings. Obviously I'm working through these things, but you know, like, my aunt, my mother's mother, who kind of stepped in as a mother figure for me, um, who I'm still very close to, cries a lot. And obviously cried a lot when my mother passed away. And as a nine-year-old girl who, it's not that I was taught as a kid, a lot of people are taught, you know, don't share your emotions, don't trust anyone, keep it to yourself. I wasn't taught one way or another, but it was just so uncomfortable for me. And like, I never spoke about it with my dad. Like, I didn't even like when people said the word like mommy to me or like, God forbid when, you know, somebody asks you about your mom because, and they don't know that you don't have one. Um, just that on the discomfort for me, I learned to stuff that down at a very early age and it was fine until I became a mother. And people say this about a lot of things and I especially think that someone who has lost a mother, becoming a mother is very, I don't love the word triggering, but it brings a lot of these emotions to the surface when you see your child being a child. Um, and you realize that like you didn't have that kind of childhood um, or you don't know what it's like to be a mother because you didn't have one. Um, so I had to learn how to feel my feelings because I don't want my children to not know how to feel their feelings and I need to be a supportive mother for them and help them feel their feelings. Um, so I'm doing everything that I possibly can to learn how to live with my emotions, bring my emotions closer, and also to continue moving forward and have a completely fulfilled life. There's a concept called ACT um, that I spoke about on my live. ACT was created by a psychologist by the name of Stephen Hayes. And you can look him up, he's phenomenal. Um, ACT is a completely different concept than things like cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavioral, behavioral therapy, cognitive processing therapy, because ACT is not trying to change you. It's not trying to change your emotions or get you to not feel them. In fact, ACT says, bring those emotions closer, feel them, but then make space to just have them there sort of like in your pocket and still move toward your values and what matters to you. So, cause oftentimes the more that you push an emotion away and try and get rid of it, you realize that you're just holding on to it and you can't get rid of it because you're literally, all your effort is going toward pushing it away. So really you're paying a lot of attention to it but if you just carry it in your pocket and learn how to tolerate discomfort, which is a lifelong process also, 
you can still move toward what matters to you and your values. And that's something that I've learned in the last couple of months that have been life-changing for me because I thought that I was broken because I couldn't get rid of these feelings. But really that's not, you don't need to get rid of the feelings in order to be a complete person. Um, that was life-changing for me. Um, and I'm very grateful that I was able to do that, so. Right, for sure. I mean, I can't imagine how it must have been as a nine-year-old, that's super young to lose a parent. Yeah, it's pretty young. And only now am I revisiting how that nine-year-old must have felt because I certainly didn't know then. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I don't really know now and I'm definitely in therapy. Um, trying to figure it out because you've got to welcome the emotions, even though it's very uncomfortable in order to move forward. Um, so I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and how did your father help you like move through it? He didn't. Um, and it's not his fault um, at all. It's just that is not I think he sort of followed my lead, you know, Alyssa doesn't want to talk about it. Okay. And he just didn't have the support um, or didn't get recommendations for the right therapists that would have suggested something like ACT. Also, I think as a kid, it's really different and he did the right thing. You have to be ready. Um, yeah. I Do I wish I could have dealt with this before I had kids? Sure. But I had no idea that all of this was going to sort of come flooding to the surface when I had my kids. Um, and I guess that's a warning for people. You know, if you've got stuff that you haven't taken care of, I guarantee you it will come to the surface when you have children. They just do it. Um, either because they look like you, they act like you, they're bringing up childhood memories. Um, and in order to be a good parent and raise good, healthy children, I just think you have to deal with it. Um, you don't have to get rid of them. Again, like ACT says, you don't have to get rid of them, but you've got to acknowledge their presence. Um, I really think after my IOP program, I, I was a psych minor and I could be a major now. I learned <laughs> so much, I know so much. Like I took all the notes. And I really retained the information, which is strange for me because I never really was so scholarly in school, but I just think it applies to my life so much that like I'm holding on to it, which I'm grateful for also. Right. I was going to say like when you experience something, when it actually applies to you, you want to, you actually retain the information. It's just so, everything I learned was just like so relevant. Even if I didn't think it was going to be relevant, we'd like get through the group and I was like, oh. Oh, I feel that way, <laughs> you know, and it's a lot, like it's really emotionally draining, um, but it just um, kicks an IOP or a PHP partial hospitalization program really just kickstarts you um, to be able to do more work individually um, with your like own personal therapist. Um, because seeing someone once a week for an hour isn't necessarily going to go so fast. And not that you need to go fast, but if you feel you're stalling with your therapist or I just, 
I think I only thought that like one-on-one -on -one therapy was just talking and venting, but really you can get real work done yeah. in that hour. Um, but I needed a little propellant, um, you know, like a rocket sort of right. to boost me. And now I'm in a really good place where I can make good progress with my personal therapist. So Yay, me. Wow. Yeah, good for you. Seriously. And I love how you share about these things on, on social media. Again, I think it's important. And, you know, definitely when I first started talking about it, I was nervous even to tell my friends like in person, because when you say you're going to a program like that, it sounds like you're checking yourself into rehab, which <laughs> by the way, if you need to do that, do it. Don't don't be embarrassed. And obviously you don't need to share if you don't want to. Definitely there's a level of confidentiality at even my program because not everybody is comfortable sharing that they're doing something like that. But there are people who need to do this program. It's called Compass. Um, it's in the Chicagoland area. There are two locations. There are definitely people out there who need to do Compass who either A, don't know about it, B, are embarrassed, or C, just don't want to. And I felt that it was my duty to share about it. It's not embarrassing. It's, it's taking care of yourself. And, you know, I wasn't, you know, I'm not like walking around a room in a gown, you know, with people in straight jackets. That's not what it is at all. It's like-minded people who are dealing with stuff who need help and need the tools to be able to handle themselves better. That's all. Um, that place is an amazing gift to the world. And I wish more people knew about it and would go because it will change. Things like that will change your life. Um, so yeah, I actually didn't share where I was or in detail about it till now I'm, I'm about finished. Um, but Nobody knew who I was there. Um, and it would have been okay if somebody, you know, recognized me. Um, but it was nice to just be there as Alyssa, not as, you know, Alyssa Goldwater or a glass of Goldwater or social media influencer Alyssa. You know, that time was about me and working on myself and not having to, I mean, I don't really put on a face for the camera anyway, but, you know, not having to be that role also. Sure. Um, I got a lot of work done there and it was stressful on our lives, you know, managing the kids. I was gone from like for a whole month from every day from 9.30 to 2.30. Whoa, um, okay. And then I, then I, stepped down to 9.30 to 12.30 every day. And now I'm, I've been going only like two times a week for the last few weeks, just to sort of spread it out. And again, like I'm done this coming, this coming week, but it is a, it's an investment while well, insurance covered it, Baruch Hashem. Um, but it's a time investment. It's an emotional investment. You need to have positive supports you know, from your family and people who are helping you, but it is so worthwhile. I say really, and I mean it, it's the best thing I've ever done for me and my family. Um, 
it's really amazing how mental health affects everything. It affects the way you feel physically, not only emotionally, but physically. And then it affects the way people around you feel because you act different, you treat everybody yep. different, differently. Yep. And it's, it's, it's incredible. Like when you actually take the step to heal yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And learning that you don't have to get rid of it in order to be okay and happy. Priceless. So For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love the work that you're doing to help spread awareness and help other women deal with their mental health. Thanks. Okay. So now I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everyone. So what is something that you hope that the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? That is such a good question. I think my obvious answer is the stigma of mental health. Um, and you probably could have guessed that I would say something like that, but, um, you know, I'm sure people say gender inequality and, you know, women feeling that they can't do everything that a man can do. Um, but I really, I strongly believe that people need to take care of their mental and emotional health. It is just as important, if not more important than your physical health. And, you know, including my daughter, starting in that generation, I hope that that stigma completely goes away and it becomes normal to maintain and check up on your mental health. Um, that is a big hope that I have. Yeah, me too. And I think I, I really believe that it will, will soon because every, we're making so much progress. Look yeah. at it, you know? Um, I think the more people that start speaking out, um, and I think there are people online that are doing an incredible job, incredible. Um, and I think slowly, slowly, I do think that it'll happen. And I look forward to that day. I really do. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Good question. So my website is a glass of gold water. Com. Um, and my Instagram is at Alyssa Goldwater, A-L-Y-S-S-A, Goldwater. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many people ask me how to spell Goldwater. And I'm like, gold water. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty simple. Yeah. I'm actually going to link in the, in the show notes. So we'll have it there. So there'll be no confusion for sure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. This was fun. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 